Ryder Nation, William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. go this is the piffles podcast your premier saskatchewan rough riders fan podcast thanks so much for joining us my name is alex i'm steve and last i checked i'm still greg uh did you check the the name band in your underwear uh it says calvin klein is that a problem oh you're marty mcfly exactly excellent you can find us on twitter at piffles pod you can find me at real alex d you can find me at sapamud and don't follow me at Greg on sports. I, I don't care how close I am to a thousand. Just stop following me now. Okay. I will. And uh, check us out on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash Piffles podcast and the website pifflespodcast.com. Piffles podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone street and Sass drive in Regina. Check them out on skip the dishes. And uh, now that uh, restrictions are open, you can actually go back in there. So make sure you stop in there and uh, summer menu, get the, get the blizzard out right now. So. I had the today on the way home on my road trip. I had the drumstick with peanuts. Ooh, it is very good. That sounds like it would be good. And they have girl got cookie ones this year. I heard that. I almost got that one, but I, I, I I'm a sucker for a drumstick. So I'm sorry, girl guide cookie blizzards. Blizzards. Yep. Is yep. it the mint or is it the like the chocolate and the vanilla ones? I believe it's the mint. Ah. <laughs> I don't know. You think I do research before I come to this thing? I grab a beer, I sit down, I talk football with you guys. Like, if you want more than that, I can't give you anything more. Well, we'll get Sheldon on the show one day just to tell us what kind of blizzard it is. I like that. That's good. Yeah, we're all going to get hungry and end up going to Dairy Queen right after, which isn't a bad thing. Wouldn't be the uh, first we're, also proud, we're also a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. But let's get to it. We got some stuff to talk about. Time for the opening kickoff. Every damn time, Greg. You laugh every time. And if you say it, I just crack up. I don't know. You would think uh, it would hold after a while. I no, still enjoy no. watching you laugh at it. It's great. Yeah, years later, still just as terrible as it was back then. So, <laughs> guys, really, no news from the CFL in the last few weeks. Good news, bad news. I don't think it really matters at this point. They're basically waiting for June uh, before they can decide whether they can actually have fans in the stands and whatnot. But Randy Ambrosi, last time we chatted, that was kind of the mid-June is when they can uh, say that they're going to actually be know if they can play on August 5th or not. I still have my doubts on that. But one promising thing, guys, and this comes from hockey, is that the Montreal Canadiens are going to allow fans – 250 or sorry 2500 fans if they reach game six against the Mont- or against the toronto maple leafs in the stanley cup playoffs that's got to be good news for the cfl right because that would be the first event sporting event in canada that would allow fans we're, we're definitely on our way and call it political saber rattling or whatever you want but i know uh, the Saskatchewan government is really pushing for 
like they're basically claiming a full mosaic stadium this summer if everyone lines up and gets shots in their arms. So it, getting fans back in the stands, no matter what the sport is, is a, is a step towards normalcy, and I can't wait for it. I'm right there with you. If we got 2,500 going to a, a hockey game in was it July, I, or June or July, that's that's got to be a good sign for football come August or as they said in Montreal, uh, early September. There, there's it's got to happen. It, we're we're there. We're we're with the exception of a couple of uh, outlier provinces that do make up a good chunk of our teams. Uh, we're we're still we're still pushing in the right direction every day. Two two thirds of the CFL teams are in hotspot provinces right now. That that might be an issue. But just remember, a month ago we were that hotspot province, and now we're probably the most likely situation if if we had to go to a hub route just based on on vaccine levels. So it, things can change very quickly if uh, if they keep getting needles in arms, and that seems to be what they're doing. Yeah, I think we're. Canada is out right now is I, I think especially with the hockey playoffs and baseball happening right now we're seeing all these stadiums in the states packed with fans we're seeing it and in Ontario you can't even go golfing and that's the most socially distant sport there is you can't even play tennis and you're 25 feet away from from one other person you can't do that in Ontario but I think we're seeing them in the states and they're doing this and they're not having super spreader events I know their vaccination they're giving out vaccines with uh, a ticket purchase. And so everybody's getting a shot in the arm, which is great. And, but we're seeing them get back to normal. And I think there's a huge, huge jealousy pro- problem right now in Canada with that. And seeing Montreal make this announcement that they're going to have fans at the hockey game. And if there is a game six, uh, which there won't be because they'll beat Toronto in five. Um, but they're just <laughs> got to take my shot at the Leafs when I can. But it, it's good news that, we're seeing Canada start to look this way. If we were up to Saskatchewan right now, we could probably, especially with the way the vaccination rollout's going here and how we're doing so well in Saskatchewan, they could probably have five, 6,000 fans easily at Mosaic Stadium in August. So I think it's good that we're seeing that, but I think a lot of it's like, okay, you know what? We're seeing these events in the States. They're getting back to normal. Why can't we do it? So you say five, 6,000 in Saskatchewan come August. If Looking at the, the rollout plan that they announced was that yesterday or the day before, they expect everybody to be uh, jabbed by the end of June with their second, uh, second vaccination. Or sorry, was it June or July? July. I, don't qualify, of- I don't qualify for my second one until July 5th. Yeah, so we're, we're looking at, even if it's everybody there, we're we're two dose done by mid August. I think 5,000, 6,000 is a, is a low expectation. The question is going to become who's going to be comfortable enough to go. I'd go at, the, at this point. Uh, put me there tomorrow. Double, double <laughs> doses. Give me another. I just had mine last week. Give me another one right now. Let's go. Let's get this thing going. And especially we've seen it outside. They're not super spreader events. I'd still, there's still going to be distancing. You're still going to have to wear masks and that's going to be a thing for a long time for the foreseeable future anyway, but whatever, I don't care. Let's get this thing going and CFL, like just 
make sure your players are vaccinated, double shots, and just get them up here. Let's go. Let's get this thing going. Because I think they have to play this year. They have to play, whether it's August 5th or whether it's a Labor Day start. To me, it doesn't really matter. Just they have to do something. They cannot afford to not play this year because the damage done from that another year of not playing while you're going to have a full NFL season, like all these guys are going to open up full stadiums in the NFL. People are going to forget about you two years, basically out of the news cycle and every single thing that's come from the news from you is negative. That's going to turn a lot of people away. I've talked to longtime season ticket holders here in Saskatchewan and they're like, you know what? I don't miss the game. I miss the, you know, the experience with the fans and seeing my you know, tailgating and, and having beers with friends. And that's what people miss. They don't actually miss the game. So, I mean, hardcores, we're still going to go. We're going to go back. We're going to follow the league. We're going to buy tickets. We're going to buy merch, all that kind of stuff. And that's going to go for that way across the country. But your casual fans don't care anymore. And they're not going to care. And that's what they have to do. To, like, they, they have to keep those people invested even just a little bit. They have to get those people the games. So they have to have to play this year. They can't afford to screw up again this year. But you, you kind of hit on something there where people miss the experience more than the actual game. And that's why anytime someone tells me if they change, God forbid they change the game, if they merge with the XFL, I'm done. I'm like, no, you're not. You're, you're either a Ryder fan or you're a, a Canadian football fan. And Canadian, I love Canadian football. I love the three down game. I spend a lot of, I, I wouldn't be here if I didn't. I wouldn't be part of the Regina Thunderboard if I didn't love the Canadian game. But to me, football is football. And to a bunch of people, Ryder games are just seeing their extended family wearing green, yelling and getting drunk. So I don't know. I, I want to go sit on Rick's lawn with a bunch of beers with a bunch of friends before for three hours before a football game. I don't even care about the next football game. I want the whole game day experience, start to finish. Including a Furlan face plant? Oh, well, Yeah. I, he's going to be doing uh, his little cartwheels all day. I guarantee it. And Greg, you brought up the whole merger thing. And that's kind of where I want to go next is oh, Levi Mitchell was on the Bob McCown podcast. Who? And long story. She, who, 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 oh, Levi Mitchell, who not Mike Riley, the other quarterback. Oh, the other good quarterback. Yeah. So the, so, oh, the guy that posed with Steve that one time. And gave him the <laughs> finger in the picture too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so bull levi mitchell says basically long story short he says i've learned the business a little bit more in my years and that you know what if you're going to tie yourself to the rock that's a good thing because this guy's going to invest in it he's going to market the game and that's what's missing right now is marketing the game he said when he goes around calgary you don't see stamps decals or hats or whatever on 16 to 20 year old kids you see them on the 45 plus, but you're not seeing it marketing and, and sticking with kids. So he said, basically, I'm for a merger in some way. If you can get the rock tied in there, he doesn't want to lose a three down game. He said that, that, you know, he loves this game. He doesn't want to lose anything. But if it were to take place where you have nine Canadian teams and nine American teams, in the XFL, while they're not going to make brand new stadiums to make a CFL field fit in there, 
So maybe it's a three down game on a hundred yard field, but we still keep the ratio and the rules. This a three down game, but it's just on a smaller field. To me, that's a real small concession at this point to say, you know what, we have football back. Because I'm with you, Greg. I don't really care what rules we play here. I want to go put on my rider jersey and go cheer on the team because I just want to see some football back here. I just want to be entertaining. Give me some good quality football. And if you have a good product on the field, that'll bring people in. Oh, no. And that's it. Like, just give me football at this point in time. And and I know apparently that makes me the enemy of Bob Irving, but so be it. <laughs> Bob Bob is stuck in the past, a long way in the past. Okay, but when was okay? When's the last time the CFL had a commercial that gave, like that just drew you in, that gave you goosebumps? Like last thing the CFL did, our balls were bigger. Honestly, actually, no. I would actually go newer than that. They had one better than that, and that was the R game commercial. Didn't run enough. They only ran that a little bit. That was yeah. a great. That that's a great sell. But the, the whole radically Canadian brand that they did in the late 90s, early 2000s, after the this failed CFL expansion in the U.S., after that, their marketing was great. They invested into it. And now they're cutting all their marketing people. It's like, no, those are the people you need to keep on right now to try and get your name in the news and whatnot. And they're just missing it right now. And it's so frustrating because it seems like it should be a simple fix. But I guess it's not. I'm just happy they're talking revenue sharing right now. Cause that's definitely one thing the CFL needs to survive. Ooh, you're not going to make a lot of rider fans happy saying that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Here, okay here, 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 here's your choice. Rider fans. The league has to survive as a three down game. So you need revenue sharing. The riders bring in a lot of money. Yes. Or you can let the league die and then not have the riders. So but MLSC, they should be paying for everything. MLSE, MLSE. They have all the money. They do. You're right. They do, but they're a private business. They don't have to do jack. Yeah, they're they're not doing it for charity. They're doing it to make money. Like everyone remembers, and we hear about it all the time from other fan bases, how the writers had to do telethons to stay alive. Yeah, we turned it around, but doesn't mean we can't help the rest of the league because, like I said, your choices are have a league or merge with the XFL, and who knows what we come come out with at the end as long as the team survives. So. It's going to be great when we merge with the XFL and get revenue sharing. <laughs> be a lot better, yeah, actually. All the revenue is going to be shared with The Rock. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. Uh, anyway. We're going to, I mean, we're going to keep following this and see what happens. But I think it's interesting when you have, you know, the face of the CFL essentially, or one of the two faces of the CFL, Bo Levi Mitchell saying he's for a merger. If you're Randy Ambrosi and, and some of the, you know, executives in the CFL and you see that, you have to really think, okay, maybe this actually has to happen. Maybe we do have to concede on a few things. I want to see Andrew Harris say it just so Bob Irving's head would explode. He might have to needle him a little bit before he says something like that, though. Greg, how many people tagged you in that uh, post of uh, Andrew Harris getting his vaccine with the, uh, hey, Greg, you should do something with this? I, I'm, uh, I am nothing but a simple artist and a big football fan. And the fact that people think 
that I spend my days trying to find new and creative ways to make fun of Andrew Harris is okay. It's true, but <laughs> although I, I have to admit, the uh, Andrew Harris getting a needle in his arm was enough of a gap to have Jamie Nye unblock me. <laughs> And then he blocked you again, didn't he? No, he hasn't yet. Oh, so don't don't tell not. him. No, because I, I could see he asked uh, why I, I don't like him. So, <laughs> I mean, I respect Andrew Harris for, for posting the picture of him getting the vaccine, but good Lord, maybe maybe don't be doing that right after your, uh, your, your drug suspension. That's probably not a good look. What do you mean right <laughs> after? It's two years. Right. He's got the world's worst investigators. <laughs> But anyway, let's switch over to our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. Guys, we haven't even talked about the CFL draft. It was almost two and a half weeks ago. And uh, so the Riders, we know it was a snake style draft. They had the second overall pick and then they, you know, in the first round. And then in the second round, the second last pick. Back and forth, back and forth. Let's go through these picks here because when they, I, I going into the draft, I said they should go with O-linemen and just build that back up. But the more I think about it and the more I look at what they actually drafted, the more I love what Jeremy O'Day and the team did. So in the first round, they took defensive back Nelson Lacombo from the U of S Huskies. And I think that's an absolute A-plus pick because this guy has been in Saskatchewan already, played for Scott Flory, who's very, very respected in the CFL community. And this allows the team to be able to start two defensive backs two canadian defensive backs and that gives the team so much flexibility well it's always great when you have a player coached by a former rider um but for all of half half a minute <laughs> the abe abe simpson uh, gif of uh, saskatchewan rough riders but uh no the combo's a hell of a talent and the fact that he's got nfl um, but team's kicking the tires on him. Um, you know, you know, he's a great player. So I, I'm really excited that he got to stay in Saskatchewan. I, I'm excited to see what he can do. I, th- I think it was a great pick. You've already got Edom and uh, Ellie Buka uh, back in the defensive backfield. You need depth if you really want to run two Canadian defensive backs. I, I think he was the right choice. And it, it never hurts again to take that Saskatchewan kid. He might not have been born here, but. He's the U of S. Uh, he he understands he understands the market and what Saskatchewan what Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans are exactly. I think it's just great that we can possibly put him even as a rotational guy in that in that backfield, and you can bring a guy like LJ McCray. You move him from corner. You might even bring him down to the Sam linebacker spot, to the coverbacker spot, and put him against because he was our best defender last year, or at least. In my mind, he was once he actually got on the field, he was the best defensive back we had. Or you can move the other guy who's up there for best defensive back is Lucia's Birifoy. You could bring oh, yeah, him like, down. From, you could bring him from halfback down to linebacker, and that just creates so much flexibility. And all of a sudden, our linebackers going into the season that were going to be a problem. You have Larry Dean in the middle. You have Lucia's Birifoy or LJ McRae as the Sam, and then you can rotate Canadian linebackers. Or if you start the two Canadians and keep the ratio up elsewhere, you can start your best American linebacker that you find at camp, one of the young guys, and play him at the will side. 
So this just gives the team so much flexibility. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about all the options this allows. This actually, this entire draft gives the team a ton of options. And we'll go with the the second pick, Terrell <laughs> Jenner, a receiver out of uh, Virginia. And that was kind of surprising seeing a second round pick go to a receiver, especially after they just spent you know 2019. Their top two picks were receivers with McKinnis and Lenius, but uh, they're very serious about starting one potentially two Canadians at receiver as well. And Jen was a potential first overall pick. Like he was, he was one of the guys that they were talking up as going in that one or two spot, depending on um, where LaCombo or Bandy went. And it's just like, if you can pick him up in the second round, especially because it was like you said, a snake draft, it was at what? 17. Yep. Like that's a steal of a pick right there. So I, yeah. Could they pick a, a more of a need there? But yeah, yeah, now you have the option of running two Canadians in the uh, as a receiver. <laughs> Third round, taking tight end Bruno LaBelle. And again, I, I was like, why are we going kind of another tight end or receiver type thing? But I thought about it. And you know what I think the offense missed a little bit in 2019 was Spencer Moore. Just that guy, like Albert Owachi kind of took that spot, but he only had a couple catches and, and really wasn't part of the offense all that much. They missed a guy like Spencer Moore who could block and who was deceptively a very good receiver. They didn't really draw up much for him in the receiving department, but he was a very good blocker. And that's where you could use a Bruno LaBelle as that Spencer Moore kind of player. Anytime I hear the name Bruno LaBelle, I, I wanted to think, I, I picture a guy who fought Gene Kaniski for the heavyweight title back in the sixties. <laughs> But definitely, yeah, that, that f- catching fullback, um, r- rotational receiver, yeah, it was underused after Spencer Moore left. So um, I'm – but he's got a he, – he signed with Cincinnati, did he not, Bruno? He, he definitely uh, definitely signed with an NFL team. Um, so I don't know if we're actually going to see him in camp this year, but he's uh, one of those f- possible future players uh, down the line. Yeah, he signed with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Ah, there you go. But again, you look at that. These are these are guys all getting NFL looks. Uh, that that's that's good if they can shake free once they're done. It's it's nothing but a good pick. Fourth round, taking the third or fourth, third, fourth, fifth round. You're you're looking at crapshoots nine times out of ten. So why not take it on a on a skill position? In the fourth round, the Riders taking defensive lineman Alan, sorry, Elaine Simonkinda. I, I know I screwed up that name. I know I did, and I apologize to him for that. Um, but going D line, and I think that was a, a kind of a pressing need going into the draft, especially when you have a, a, you know, getting up there in age, Mac Henry as your starter, and DeBeer behind him, and that's about it. And and to be fair, DeBeer played above his station. No one expected him to be as good as he was. So was that a fluke or is he actually the real deal? I guess we'll find out this year. And this is, this is where you tend to make most of your noise in the Canadian draft is along the, in inside the trenches on D line, O line, you, you literally cannot take enough of them. I, I like this pick. Uh, fifth round, take an offensive lineman, Logan Bandy out of the UFC, the dinos who Marshall Ferguson actually had going second overall to the Riders in his mock draft in the first round. And the Riders stole him in the fifth. 
I'm pretty sure at one point in the three down, he was first overall. I I cannot believe Bandy fell that low. I kind of, I didn't even think about it until all of a sudden he got picked and I'm like, wait a second, he didn't go? <laughs> like, it literally was just like, wait, what? So, and he's got, once and he's also a player that has NFL aspirations because he was supposed to be in Washington with Lacombo until the uh, COVID situation happened. Yeah, they you gotta, you gotta get it for a guy that uh, that gets his shot down south and gets it uh, canceled because one rookie coming in uh, gets gets COVID and they shut it down to only their draft picks. But it does but, sound like they are going to get another uh, a redo on that. So Lacombo and Bandy will get their uh, their shot with Washington. So that's uh, that's not a bad thing. No, definitely not. And uh, with the final pick in the sixth round, the Riders took defensive back Matt Watson again. Like you said, Steve, sixth round, kind of a crap shoot. You don't really see many guys in the sixth round make much of a CFL career. But going defensive back, that just, again, allows that flexibility, bring in the competition and uh, see if he can push for a backup safety spot kind of thing and, and be that depth guy instead of maybe uh, a Jake Dearborn. So um, I don't mind them going with, uh, with a DB in the sixth round. But overall, I think, again, like I said, I, I wanted them to go O-lineman in this draft and, and start looking at the future with no Dan Clark, no Brendan Labatt, and, and make sure we have some guys in the pipe, pipeline ready to go. But looking back at this, I just the more I think about it, the more I guess uh, Ryder fans are glad I'm not the one making picks here for the team and Jeremy O'Day is because I really, really like what they did with this draft. And what was a problem in the Chris Jones era with the, the Canadian positions everywhere on the team and the depth all of a sudden is the strength of this team. And if you remember back to, to our, not to call them our glory days, we still only won one cup, well, two oh seven thirteen. but when you look back in that 2007 to 2013, 14 timeframe, it was built on the back of solid Canadian depth. And we lost that, over the last few years. So it's, uh, it's definitely good to see not only, not only did we get a pick in every round, which I don't remember the last time we had that, but we made solid picks across the board. And I, I was, I was about to mention, we, we also got to remember, we also have 2020s draft picks coming into camp this year. Yeah. So Madeline Riley, Madeline Riley's on the offensive there. line. We also got uh, Jesse Lawson on the offensive line. Um, but yeah, last year I'm looking at it right now. We picked in the first round, had two picks in the fourth, fifth, sixth, and then Lawson in seven. And then we rolled the dice on uh, Neville Gallimore in the, in the eighth round. The, the real question not. to ask is, what draft picks is Chris, Chris Jones going to trade away down in, in uh, his in high, high school? school? I'm a modern. <laughs> well, there's your Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. Uh, before we go, we were we were asked, hey, we threw out some uh, Piffles questions for us. Give us some questions. But someone came in with a suge suggestion. Pick one game from the past and tell us what you remember about it. And I love this idea. This is great because uh, we used to do this a little bit uh, when we first started out the show and then we just kind of stopped doing it. But I really like this idea. So talking about getting the season going, I thought it was no better way than to start with the 2010 season opener. July 1st, 2010, Alouettes come to Taylor Field, the rematch of the 09 Grey Cup. 
Greg has the picture of SJ Green right there, that two-point conversion catch, the greatest CFL catch I've ever seen in my life. And and it's autographed. Okay, quit bragging over there, bragging. Me, me uh, SJ, okay. a close personal friend, SJ Green. All right. <laughs> but it's a shame he didn't catch it. His arm. <laughs> so we'll start, uh, Steve. What do you remember about that game, 2010 season opener? I, I remember go, going into that game with a lot of expectations. You're going up, up against the team that uh, that beat you in the Grey Cup the year before in heartbreaking fashion. I remember the Riders getting called for too many men uh, once in that game and the crowd just losing their minds, which deservedly so. Um, but just the just the overall excitement of, what was it, 90 points? It, it was, it was, I'm an offensive guy. I don't like three, nothing football games. I want to see as many touchdowns as humanly possible. That's why I don't play defense in any sport I play. Uh, you know, was, and we, we got the picture to show it. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was, it was one of my favorite games in the old stadium. We don't, we don't see a lot of just barn burner games quite like that. I, I remember the game. I was actually in Brandon, Manitoba. I was on, working on a project. Um, uh, but we had, uh, we had Canada day off and I was in Smitty's lounge with my entire crew that were all Manitobans, all bomber fans. I cannot tell you the, well, I can tell you the cursing I did when that too many men penalty got called, but, but, uh, the jokes that were being thrown my way were just as fun on their part. Um, but that, yeah, that catch, I will never forget that. Cause the minute he got behind the defender, I was like, SJ is going to catch this. And, but I did not expect him to lay out like that. That was, that was amazing. I will fight to the death that he never caught that. And I will fight to the death that David Tyree didn't catch it on his head, but does, doesn't mean it didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going into that game thinking we got to win this. We, uh, we lost that great cup in 09 in heartbreaking fashion, but we have to win this. This will get us set the tone for the season. And sure enough, it did. It we did. ended up getting back it to totally the great cup against Montreal again. But I remember the Riders getting down a whole bunch of points and then a big long bomb to Rob Bag. And that was when he still had his, all of his knees in place and was able to use the speed that unfortunately he did lose a little bit in his career. But Burned him for, I think it was an 87-yard touchdown, yeah. and then that just brought everybody back alive. The Riders were down by, I think, two or three scores at that point. It might have been 21 points. And I just remembered that, and it was like, okay, game on, let's go. Andy Fantuz had a touchdown at the end of the game that sent it into overtime, and they had to review that as well, too. Yeah. He was just caught the ball right at the goal line itself. His body was in, but the ball wasn't in, but the ball just crossed the line just as he caught it, and he got pushed out of bounds from there but I remember that happening and then the overtime and you guys mentioned it, and that's where the too many men was mm -hmm. and I just remember oh my god not again are you kidding me I anything will, but that because you guys you that. guys it were there a, you guys were you guys both of you guys were in the stands I, I had to listen to Cuthbert's call and it was like <laughs> not again I'm like no yeah. everybody I remember everybody our season ticket family beside us just looking around we're like no no no, this isn't happening. Not the same way. Not the same way. The shots of the crowd with like everyone was like hands <laughs> on head like this. It, it was wild. And then sure enough, right after that, we get the, the SJ Green catch, the two-point conversion. And 
as soon as that ball was thrown, I was like, that, he overthrew that. There's no way it's over. And I'm, I'm like ready to jump up and down, cheer that we won this game. And then he catches it. I'm like, no, he didn't catch it. And then they show the, the replay. No, 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 he still didn't catch that. He was out of bounds. And then they slow it down and you look at it again and you try to be like, okay, let's take off the green glasses here for a second and look at it. Holy crap, what a catch. Oh my God, he made that catch. Okay. Well, here we go again. And so Montreal gets the ball to start the second overtime. They get a field goal. And then Weston Dressler makes two great catches, wins the game. Riders win 54-51, I think, was the final. And I just remember everybody around me going absolutely crazy and me doubled over just like, because <sighs> I could not cheer anymore yelling for that long in that game from the second half on i've never screamed as loud in my life and for as long as i did and i'll just remember that i couldn't give any more in that game well it was really unfair of the riders to do that in game one you got to build up the, the fans endurance throughout the year too they they wore us all out that day <laughs> but what a game what a day that was that was just a, that game was just incredible and like I said, it kind of set the tone for the rest of that season. And unfortunately, it didn't end the way we wanted it to. But at least it wasn't in such heartbreaking fashion in 2010. At least we lost to the better team that day. But I still don't believe that happened in 09. But yeah, yeah I'll at, never least, at, least in, at least in 2010, they gave us the they gave us the out of not having any hope. Yeah, they were down by a bunch. They came back and then they threw an interception. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds about right yeah, for this yeah. for this franchise. So uh, it, that one didn't hurt as much. But plus yeah. in twenty or twenty ten, you had the whole Anthony Calfio had cancer, and it's like, I, 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 okay, you can have this one. You fought cancer. You didn't even tell your teammates. You just went out and balled out for a season. Okay, okay, you could you could have this one without us being too mad. Yeah. So hey, well, it's, uh, it's the it's the hope that kills you. At the end of the day, it's the hope that kills you. So share your memories of that game with us on Twitter at Pipples Pod. Tell us what you remember about that game, and if there's any other games you want us to uh, to reminisce about, by all means, let us know. We'll add it to the to the list, and we'll uh, we'll do this every time we do a show now because that's that's a lot of fun reminiscing, especially when we have no games to talk about right now. What games next? I don't know. They haven't released the schedule. Oh, you mean for this? Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. So tell us what game is going to be next, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it. And whoever says the twenty uh, the tw- uh, two thousand nine Grey Cup, I'm coming to your house. I could talk about that. Actually, I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. Neither will I. But I don't want to talk about it. And I also don't want to see uh, the CFL play that game again. I do not want to see the uh, twenty nineteen Western Final again either. Twenty nineteen Grey Cup. That as well. Yeah, they have a cycle of uh, three games there at the old TSN that they really like showing. Yeah, those ones. I'm surprised they didn't just throw in '76. Like, let's let's really turn the screws to the Ryder fans <laughs> while we're at it. Pretty sure if they own the rights to it, they would. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us this week on the Piffles Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, while you're at it, check out our Piffles Memorabilia Breaks Facebook group facebook.com slash piffles breaks um basically what it is is uh we have signed nfl helmets and mystery helmets and uh you they're yours 
you buy a spot into the draw and then uh, we open it up and whoever has that team wins the helmet. So check it out there. It's on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter for that as well too. We'll post stuff on there as well, but it's a great way to get some great memorabilia for very, very low cost. But until then, this is the Piffles Podcast. Thanks again to our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. And special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support, making this show possible. All right, boys, take care. And uh, we'll see you next time we do this old Zoomy thing. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind, Tyler Gilbert. The ghost behind your mind.